Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, Disruptive CEO Nation audience. We often talk about blockchain, NFTs, and how eventually it's going to be in every aspect of our business life, our personal life, absolutely everywhere. And whether you believe me or not, I have an expert guest who's going to come and tell us about the trends, tell us what great things her company is doing. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce Manuela CV, who is the co-founder and CEO of Alpha.io, and that is Alpha with two A's.io. So Manuela, welcome to the program. Thank you, Allison. It's great to be here. So give everybody just a high-level snapshot of what the key deliverables are that Alpha.io helps its clients with today. Yeah, so we're an enterprise SaaS solution, and we basically solve three problems, authenticity, resale, and community building. And we do that over and over again, from sports teams where we're launching something huge uh, with a major NBA team uh, coming soon, uh, to luxury brands uh, where we're working with everyone from you know small lifestyle brands to massive companies where you have bought bags that are worth thousands of dollars for sure over the years and we're really changing kind of like the the format of authentication so i like to always bring this example because it it brings blockchain back into to into you know something that everybody has done before so when you buy for example a uh, um, an inexpensive purse or a watch it'll come with a little paper card and that paper card is the certificate of authenticity of the item right mm-hmm. so without that it has no sales value because you can't prove that it's authentic but obviously that card can be very easily forged you could lose it there's a lot of issues you know that speak to that so what we do is we can connect straight into the brand point of sale and mint an nft as the new certificate of of authenticity of the of the item containing the serial number of the item the color of the item uh the brand can attach a resale royalty so that it becomes part of the resale market of it and also kick off you know their consumer loyalty programs uh because they now have real information of who their buyers are where they are in the world and even for how long they're holding on to their items before they you know sell them in the secondhand market well, and these are the things that fascinate me because over the years, I've had other guests come talk about blockchain and NFTs, and we've talked about it for major like business transactions or or things like art. That's, I think, what people still think about right away. But what I really love and appreciate that you're focused on so much more is this idea of audience engagement, community engagement, and things that are going to start coming through, filtering through in our everyday lives that we haven't even begun to see yet. But before we dive into that, I, I teed up and said, you know, you've been an expert and a thought leader in blockchain for a long time. And you're you're quite generous in your your time and energy and speaking for organizations and sharing your information. But can you give our listeners just a little bit of the background and, and journey of why blockchain? 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, you nailed it when you said art was the first use case. It was the first use case for us as well. So um, I, I'm a, my fine, my background is in finance, but my whole family is in the art space. So I kind of like grew up with like this ideal of making the art world more, you know, equitable, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a very, very big undertaking. Uh, but I did, you know, go out and the first version of, of Alpha, it still exists. It's a platform called Alpha e Inc., which was an art licensing uh, ecosystem. So we served thousands of artists over the years. We placed thousands of pieces of art in real estate. And in 2015, I picked up a book called Blockchain for Dummies. Uh, and I knew that blockchain was going to be a game changer for, you know, how we fought of asset ownership. And that's how in 2017, we actually started coding what, what is now Alpha.io uh, as an API to certify the artwork that we were placing. So, you know, for us, it was, it was always kind of like uh, building for an existing problem and not finding a problem to adapt to technology for. Mm-hmm. And then it became very apparent that, you know, the same issues that we have in art provenance, authenticity, uh, resale royalties, which make it a fairer ecosystem for creatives. We're proven on, we're, we're, you know, we're very, very common in other industries. And that blockchain could really change the way that we build connective tissue on the back end of our world, right? And that's what we're living through right now. We're entering a neo-renaissance. And astrologically, I don't know if you follow astrology, but we're about to go full effect into the age of Aquarius. It literally is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. There's like, everything is showing us that, you know, we're on the verge of a revolution, which is going to be really good for the people. You know, it's going to be good for the vast majority of people because right now you have no control over your data. You have no control over, you know, what is shown to you. But with this movement, you can take your own information and choose who you want to give it to. And have brand ownership in companies that you believe in. And, you know, essentially. I absolutely believe what you're saying, Manuel. And I I just, I know you're in a stream, but I have to say like four years ago in my very early podcasting days, like in in one of the first 10 interviews I did was um, a wonderful professional who also founded a company around blockchain. And it was the first time somebody had ever said to me, blockchain is going to create a social revolution. It was the first time I had heard that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it already we, is. Yeah. And it already is now, but it was, yeah. but it's like you said, it's moving so fast. Yeah. It's 14 years, right? That's, that's how long a new technology takes to hit mass adoption. Uh, I watched a great presentation at Web3 Expo, which I spoke in a couple of months ago and from Mark Yusko from, uh, is a VC. Uh, and he actually modeled back all the way to the industrial revolution. And every 14 years, uh, we have a, a technological wave that sweeps the world. So we're coming off the back of, of, you know, the web basically and, uh, web two and which was the age of, you know, social media and connectivity, uh, into this future where we are decentralized and connected to the people that we want to be. What this means in terms of power dynamics and what this could mean in terms of government organizations is massive. You could see a, mm-hmm. a transformation back into tribalism and less in towards big government because we will have those tools in place for the first time. And so that's what we've been doing. I call this the backend revolution because people are not actually seeing you know, what's, what's changing. And that's exactly what my company does. Alpha, we build interfaces that feel just like web two, but 
are really, really powerful on the back end that have all of the best tools in Web3. Several minting engines were fully cross-chain. And this allows new age companies to actually go and build communities and have, you know, their diehard fan base, not just companies, you know, we're working on projects for really big NGOs as well, which, you know, have a way to kind of like uniting their donor base and also making it really, really clear and transparent where the funding is going because blockchain also allows you to be able to track funds. So we have all the tools in place to build a way, way, way more efficient Mm -hmm. system. And this can be applied to several industries. And it could also lead to us reducing waste, to us recycling more materials. So if you think of fashion, for example, right, the fashion industry produces around 11.3 million tons of waste in a given year. And this is due to fast fashion, right? They produce a ton of inventory, they throw it into the market, and then they figure out how to sell it. And if it doesn't sell, then you burn the garments, which makes no sense. Mm Mm-hmm already used to buying things online through AR and through 3D modeling. And we're working on a bunch of digital projects, which are doing exactly that. We can actually launch garments and articles in digital form, which is the first version of their existence in any way. And then uh, uh, allow for people to purchase those NFTs as a pre-order and then have entire collections made to order with zero waste. I have a question for you. I'm I sure often, you do. yeah, I have lots of, I have so many questions. <laughs> One, thank you for explaining backend revolution in a in a more tangible way. I often question about the digital divide, and particularly about women in the in the place in the future and and business and how uh, people keep up. And I believe in everything that your company is is doing, and I believe absolutely how this. Uh, next wave of tech revolution is helping us with sustainability. It's helping us get more data control problems, make smarter uh, supply chain decisions, all of that great thing. But uh, I don't know if you ever have any thoughts or insights on what we can do to help make sure that we just don't have this digital divide of, of these brilliant minds like yourself and the people that you're working with. And then, you know, the, the average everyday citizen. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. I feel like there's there's a lot of power and there's a lot of information out there as well to, to invert power dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, if we look at sports, sports, the athlete is very similar to the artist. You wouldn't imagine because of the amount of money that there is in sports, but 80% of athletes go bankrupt 18 months after they leave the courts. It's a really powerful number. Yeah. And you know what we can do by putting in resale royalties for articles that they create during their career. So signed balls, signed jerseys. This is a $30 billion market. The sports memorabilia market is absolutely massive, right? And this is kind of like just the tip of the iceberg of different tools and different compensation mechanisms that will come and that will make it possible for the average person that right now is stuck in a nine to five job to be creative, to be compensated by their creativity, to fundraise, uh, to, you know, connect with their immediate network. I I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like it's more of a moment where we're going to see a lot of shifts in power and a lot of like, you know, marginalized communities that didn't have access to capital, having access to capital Mm -hmm. for the first time. And we know for a fact, if we just look at numbers, for example, like women, right? Women receive 2% of investment dollars, 98% of investment dollars go to men, but we produce 12% of unicorns. That's a 6X number. 
we know that if we get capital to the people that are crafty, to the people that are hungry, to the hustlers, they will produce more. They will yeah. multiply. And so I would say that this is a moment for the underdog to take center stage more than it is a moment for, you know, I don't want to say white privilege, but, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a, that's OK. One of the things we do on this podcast is we explore all sorts of things. Um, and hopefully we do say things that make people people think or or think about business differently or industry differently. Um, I want to tag on, you know, what you said about you know, capital going to women and, and women, you know, being the creators of, of unicorn um, companies. It's, it's, it's even goes down to, because I work in the gender equality space as well, that the more money that goes into the hands of a woman in a household, the higher educated their children are, the, the more the money go, you know, goes in investing in the power of the community. Um, and so I think when you're talking about changes in power dynamics, uh, in some ways it's time and, and these are all good and, and interesting things. Um, I could go down that path, but we're very quick in these interviews. So I want to, I want to flip back to, um, one of the channels of service that Alpha IO works on. And I want to go back to, um, talking about, audience engagement and community engagement and and ways that people are using NFTs, I think, in events or in loyalty programs or in things that we are going to see trickle down into our everyday lives. Can you tell us more about what you're doing with clients in that arena? For sure, for sure. So um, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the sports initiatives, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we built out a couple different uh, products. But one of them is is about to, to launch and it has uh, a few different features in it. So firstly, uh, uh, Starbucks just launched a, a NFT loyalty program, which is basically just the evolution of the punch card. Right. And so we have kind of like a basic layer there, which is the evolution of the punch card, but for everything that you purchase within stadium. So you'll be able to start earning points for, you know, your hot dogs or beers, et cetera. And these points are badges, which are NFTs that you can start collecting, redeem for, you know, new stuff, but that's kind of like just really surface layer. It's just on ramp so that we can get the average person to start creating, uh, you know, their, their wallets. We don't even call them wallets. For example, we call them rewards or, or something of the sorts, but we handle everything. So through a one click magic link that you'll receive on your email or your phone number, you're able to, you, you enter the web three space without even knowing it. So that's, that's the cool part here about on, on the onboarding. Then, uh, as I said, sports memorabilia collectibles, uh, we can use NFTs as certificates of authenticity attached to the physical items. Uh, we can build and resale royalties for the players. We can have the metadata of everything that happened in that game actually in the NFT. So kind of like adding a ton of value as well for the physical item, since it now has a history attached to it. Right. And people love stories. People love histories. Uh, then, uh, you know, in, stadium commemoratives uh, which are geofenced experiences meaning you can only enter that experience if you are inside that geographical location mm -hmm. so we'll put a giant qr code on the jumbotron you'll scan the qr qr code and you'll grab a commemorative of that game which is a baseball card of the game with key stats uh key players and on the back end of all of that we built out a proprietary loyalty schema, which is uh, ranking fans in levels of participation. So if you're in stadium and you hit super fan level, for example, I can go and I can airdrop you a set of floor seats. Who wouldn't want that? 
Exactly. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's real utility across the board. And, you know, it's it's good for the stadium. It, it drives in stadium purchases. It's good for, you know, the fan. It's good for the team. The team has now, you know, way more information. And it's a, an on-ramp of communities that already exist that, you know, had no path to connectivity. And the second layer of that, because this is like, you know, these are actions that we're helping people kind of like get through. But think of it. Now the community is onboarded onto Web3. They live in that same ecosystem. They can organize meetups. They can, you know, connect with one another. There's there's a lot of value that will come to kind of like just the second layer interactions that we're going to see maybe in five years. I love the fact that the engagement is now authentic and more genuine. It's not just, you know, let me text you. Let me, you know, give me an email, give me a whatever. It it, it brings it out deeper. And, and I love the fact that it's relationship building within brands. And I think that's so critical. And I know that some of these things that we're talking about are, are you know, maybe businesses that have deep pockets. And I'm always worried about, you know, the startup entrepreneur or the small business owner and how do they bring these things in. But the exciting part is they need to be thinking about these opportunities, looking for these opportunities, because at some point, um, what they want to do or what they envision is going to be at an attainable price point, and they need to be ready for it. Because if there are 100%. other companies like them that are watching and waiting and poised, they'll get they'll get the jump. Hundred um, percent, and that's just the facts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I usually say this to like, you know, our, our, our even investor friends. I'm like, if you're looking at investing in a company and, you know, they don't have a, a, a Web3 strategy, uh, I would say just forget about it because they're not looking at the future, you know. And if they're not fu- looking at the future, they're going to be left behind because their competitor will. Their competitor mm-hmm. will be thinking about how they are building these long-term relationships with the clients. Because think of you as a client, right? You have two options to spend the same amount of money. You could go for a company that is working on and has a Web3 initiative and has an NFC chip in the garment that has the password of the garment with all of the articles in it, with materials, you know, every like where they were sourced from kind of like really saying that they're sustainable, but like showing that they're sustainable as well. Right. And then you have another company which costs the exact same thing, which is just a a commercial interaction. I think human beings as a whole need a little more. They need a little more purpose. They need a little more messaging. And so that's what I think is also going to emerge during this, this phase, you know, not just brands that say that they're, they're conscious and and it's, it's, it's the end of greenwashing in a way. Yeah. I love the, how you just talked about that. We move from a commercial interaction to a purposeful interaction Um, that, yeah, that really hits home. Hey, I want to flip and talk about uh, you as a, you as a leader and the building that you've gone through. Uh, tell us a little bit about the scaling of the company and um, and some of what you aspire to be or demonstrate when you lead this wonderful, wonderful company that you're building. Oh, wow. Well, it's been like, there's been so many iterations of Alpha. I feel like it's it's kind of hilarious. We were just, you know, talking about, you know, how we got to blockchain through art. And so the team also went through a lot of those changes, but we went from being two people to being eight to that now we're close to 20 and we're all around the world. And a lot of us had never actually met in person. Uh, but 
uh, it last year was a really, really interesting year. There were moments which were very, very hard. And there were moments which were extremely positive to a level that I could never imagine. Like just the level of the opportunities and the conversations that I have on a daily basis now. It's like, I remember six months ago, um, I, a friend of mine was helping me to prepare for a demo for LA Tech Week. And I was shocked because the judges were like Sofia Moroso and uh, <laughs> the head of A16Z and like all of these like incredible people. And I was like, oh my God, how did I get selected for this? And she was like, you know what? You got to prepare yourself because this is going to be a Tuesday for you in six months time. You're going to be talking to all of these people like just regularly. I love that phrase. It's going to be for a Tuesday for you in the next six months. Well, hey, we, we, we prep like a badass. That's the, that's what but we it, it's, it's kind of crazy, Allison, because it is, you know, like mm-hmm. the level of conversations that I have on, on a daily basis, like the projects that get thrown at us, it's like the number of celebrity attachments, like the crazy level of investors and, you know, and, and just the opportunities, you know, the contracts are, everything is so massive. It's changed so much. And I think, if we collectively as a team had not had to go through so much, we're still going through it. You know, it's like, it's like that end of a cycle. I had a a reading last weekend and and he said, said it all. He's like, this is kind of like the end of the cycle. And this is kind of like the old powers holding back and kind of like trying to hold off a little bit, but it's about to like pop up. But Mm -hmm. if I feel like if we had just like been given that without the struggles, we wouldn't be the same company and we wouldn't be building purposely for as we said, you know, and money's great. Everybody, I feel like in order to be sustainable, you need to be profitable. That's, you know, business one-on-one if you have to think of it that way. But there's so much more and we have a responsibility with what we're doing because we're literally building the building blocks of a new generation. I think about, I've watched um, anybody who listens know that I have my children are, are kind of separated. So my youngest is 16, my oldest is 30. So I have the the privilege of seeing how different the two see the, the world. Gen Z and a millennial. <laughs> yeah, how different it is. Wow. And um, we're not going to talk about my age, but um I'm at a I'm fascinated with the future. And I'm I'm fascinated that things that we talk about today five years down the road are just going to be like, yeah, commonplace, like, yeah, no big, no big, no big deal. And so I admire business leaders like yourself that are in the throes of it. And like you said, there's, there's so many things you have to keep your eye on, not only just the business basics, but you know, where that market is. Other people. Yeah. Yeah. There's people trying to take from you all the time. Like, you know, and when we were talking about this earlier, like, how can you, continue to inspire how can you lead with compassion but how can you stand your ground and be ruthless when you have to because you're gonna have to you know that's the nature of being in business of course you can do it different of course you can you know be more purposeful you i I choose the projects that we take on and every project that we take on has to have some sort of layer that is making the world a better place you know it's just like in some way we have to put that out because the technology can do that. But, you know, there's still going to be people that are going to try to like, you know, take your clients. There's still going to be people that are going to try to rip off your ideas, but that's okay. Because you have to think that this is, you know, your mind is an endless source of inspiration and abundance and happiness are only real when shared. So, you know, like take this one, I'll have the next one. (laughs) Well, there are so many different aspects that we don't have time to cover. You, 
um, have insights. You, you've had a lot of successful fundraising rounds. You have a, a great story that is multicultural. We didn't even begin to touch on your background. Um, is that you're originally from Brazil? Like there's so much here. So I want to encourage my, my audience that Manuela is a person that you want to add to your network. You want to follow what her business is doing. You want to hear the wisdom and the insights that she's got to offer. So I always like to tell people, you know, make sure you refer this episode to other people, uh, follow and connect on on LinkedIn. So I I guess I'm just going to say, Manuela, I've already teed it up, but if people want to know more, where should they go and what should they do? I'm very good on Instagram, not that good on TikTok. Uh, so, you know, my personal Instagram is Manu, M-A-N-U, uh, C-V-S-E-V-E. And, uh, you know, our company Instagram also has a ton of content. We have master classes like every week with different experts that are doing actually doing things in blockchain. So we bring really real case studies. We talk about it in real normal people lingo so everybody can understand it. And that's uh, Alpha AIO. Uh, so Instagram, definitely the way to, the place to find us. We're also on Twitter and, and, you know, LinkedIn, we have some good stuff, but Instagram for sure, because the video content is, is, you know, is there. Well, hey, we'll make sure to tell people about the master classes and look at Instagram. So Manuela, we come back and talk to you two to three years. What's the vision? What's going to be the story then? Uh, you're going to see uh, Alpha powering the biggest uh, community applications in Web3 from, you know, real estate to sports to luxury brands. Uh, and you're going to have a very clean interface where you can hold all of your things in one place. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing insights. Really, really appreciate it. Um, Hey, to our audience, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.